You gotta excuse me, guys. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> ah, just kidding. I'm not crying. <laughs> I'm actually excited because this is the second year anniversary of Pod With Me. Ready. You know, I cannot believe it's been two years of the pod. And I want to thank all of you podheads for sticking around. I hope you've enjoyed our quickies. You know, they've really informed us. And our guests, we've had some bizarre guests, and a lot of them have entertained us, and many have motivated us all. On this episode, I want to recap some of the best moments of season four. You know, I'm thinking like 20 years from now, when people look back, this is a historic time. I think people will look back and look at these episodes and all these other shows, everybody who's covered what's going on. I don't want to say the word. Think about it. It's going to be pretty historic. So let's. we're going to go over the best moments of season four. And we're going to close it and begin season five. Get ready as we celebrate two years of Pod With Me. Ready. I, I can't even describe how loud it was and how scary it was. How do you think she's holding up? Well, I don't really think about her at all. You don't want to pop those things like Pez heads. Nobody was prepared for this. So they need to pay today. Please ask me my name before you ask me the car that I drive. Dating, dating will never be the same. Let's go. We have my good friend, Adriana Cataño. She's a supermodel, an actress, a dancer, a mother, an entrepreneur. She's done it all. One leg up, one leg up, oh, one, one leg, leg up, up, one leg, leg up. up. Was Turn that around. Uncle Al? Turn around. That was Uncle Al, Turn around. Right? Huh? Uncle Al? I don't remember. Anyway, um, I <laughs> did not shocked. I did not participate. They hired me. They paid me really well. And I just was in the whole time I was in the, the motorhome. And every time they would say, okay, girls, come on. Like everybody would run out. They wanted, They all wanted to be stars in the video. And I would just pretend to like, oh, I have to go to the bathroom. Oh, my head hurts. Were you were you afraid to get close to the artist? Was that it? No, I just didn't want to participate in that type of video because that video was a little raunchy. Like when I saw what the girls were doing, I was like, um, no, honey, I'm classy. I seem, you, you know, I, I just couldn't. A lot of the music videos now are even raunchier. They are? Yeah. You've, okay. I mean, the rap videos, the reggaeton videos, the trap Yeah, but videos. they're not as raunchier as back then, I think. No? Two Life Crew? No. Well, no, I don't remember the Two Life Crew, but in gen- I'm talking about the one that I participated in that you won't find me anywhere in the video. I'm not in the video at all because I never left the motorhome. Ready. The immune system is incredible. It, it does the work for us. We just have to be a little bit mindful. This is a message that is not getting out to the uh, population. They are going around uh, with this uh, victim... Uh, cap on. You have to take the victim cap off. That serves no one. We have within our powers to do several things. I, I don't like what I'm seeing out there where the media is not asking the one question and as a journalist, as, as someone who should be really interested in finding out the truth, is why can't we do something to strengthen our immune system? Why is it everybody's just told just to get inside and don't leave your homes? But why aren't we addressing the simple things, the low-hanging fruit that will be able to be resilient about this virus? Because the option is not acceptable. The option to be, you know, uh, diagnosed with one of these diseases and then 
this little virus comes around, a virus that should just be like a common cold. It, you, it came, you felt bad, you had a little fever, whatever, got over it, and you're done. But when it hits a body that doesn't have enough vitamin C, enough of vitamin D, you know, they, you get overactive immune system. It just goes haywire. Look, vitamin C actually calms down this, what they be calling the cytokine storm. It's like, wow, vitamin C? Wow, this is fantastic. Why is this on the evening news? So vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin A is zinc and iodine are, are crucial in the toolkit right now. And sleep. And you got to get that sleep. It's eight hours, seven hours. Give me, give me something. But you have to have the right protocol. You can't just load up on a bowl of ice cream or decide to eat one hour before going to bed and then expect to get good sleep, you know. Okay, if you do have a fever, take your temperature. Make sure that, you know, you're, it's staying about 102 or below. Uh, but you don't want to actually start popping Tylenol for that fever because your body is in an innate wisdom is trying to burn off that virus. Tylenol also um, affects the liver and knocks out what is uh, one of the main antioxidants that your body needs, which is glutathione. Okay, this is a master antioxidant in the body. So for that reason, and the reason that you're stopping this fever, because now your body you're disabling your body from doing what it needs to do to burn this virus out of your system. So you're just prolonging the, the illness, okay? You want to let it run its course. You, you know, you want to make yourself comfortable, put some, you know, cool towels on your head, whatever. But you do not want to stop that fever. And if you take that Tylenol, you're going to deplete your glutathione. And the more you deplete your glutathione, the, the worse outcome you're going to have. So this when, is, when should you take the Tylenol? Well, let's say that the fever is going creaking up to 103. Um, you know, at that point, maybe you want to consider taking one Tylenol. Um, that's just my you know, opinion. But I, I really, really have the Tylenol behind glass. Only break in real serious emergency. You don't want to pop those things like Pez heads. People are told, yeah, Tylenol, a little pain here, a little pain. But Tylenol. No, you're doing damage to your liver. You're, de you're depleting the most important uh, antioxidant in your body, glutathione. They actually measure this glutathione. If you go to the hospital and your glutathione is like zero, you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> this is the master antioxidant. Ready. Power. Elaine Lancaster. Mm -hmm. How do you think she's holding up? Well, I don't really think about her at all. <laughs> I mean, I, personally, I don't really, you know, I don't really care so much. Um, I guess I'm, I'm hoping she's not dead. But, no, not, yeah. uh, you know, other than, other than the general respect that we should all have for human life, I can really be so bothered. Um, you know, I think <clears throat> Tramp. I'm sort of seeing all these. Ready. It it all began, and what were you thinking, and what was your knowledge of what was going on? Um, well, um, when I had heard that um, 
that the governor was uh, thinking about um, canceling Winter Party. That wasn't until uh, Wednesday um, and Winter Party had already started. Um, but whenever they had announced that, that Ultra was, was canceled, um, you know, it was, it was quite a shock. Um, but I still didn't take it as serious as, as I should have, obviously, because um, you always think, okay, well, this is it's not going to happen to me. You know, it's, it's happening in China or, you know, they're just overreacting. Um, um, so that, that was kind of what I was, I was thinking. And, and like, like you said, I was so busy with, um, you know, with the DJs. And then I was also producing uh, an event with uh, the task force and Winter Party. So I was just preparing for that and kind of going crazy. I just, I really didn't stop and just like look at the news and, and see, you know, just exactly what was going on. It was like, okay, ultra's canceled. Okay. Well, you know, I've got to, I got to get to the venue or, you know, it's, it's not going to affect us. I've, I, everybody that I've spoken to, my friends um, that, that were there, they, they have all been sick. Um, you know, some of them confirmed with the virus and some of them just ha are sick, you know, and they've, isolated themselves, but, you know, they're sure that they have it. Um, you know, it didn't, it didn't really hit, hit reality for me until, um, after I had came back home. Um, and, and one of my DJs that, uh, lives in Miami, he didn't, he did not play in the festival. He actually played, um, out of town, but he, he went, he attended, um, he attended, attended the event that I hosted on Friday night. Um, and then he played out of town Saturday, came back and attended, the Monday morning after hours. Um, and today is now the, the 10th day that he has been sick, running a fever, isolated himself at home. I, my heart condition went from 13% to 20% uh, ejection fracture, which is only 20% of my heart is working. So that's what it means that it produces, you know, pump the blood. So there's oxygen in my body. So, but every single day, it was so nice to hear from someone it could be a text message, it could be Instagram, all those positive vibes that people had put me through. It's just, it made me... So that energy was actually came to you, right? Mm -hmm. That energy all came up, came to me and, and manifested that to the way that, you know, like for me to survive. They were all shocked, I believe, um, because for someone so energetic and so um, it's always positive and always into wellness, all of a sudden, is dying. <laughs> <laughs> What advice do you give to anyone out there that's going to go about to go into surgery or found out about some diagnosis or something? Stay positive. Always think of the best. Always think of, don't think about you dying because one thing is if you go to any surgeries, the first thing they will ask if you have any emotional support because part of recovery, I mean, surgery is very easy, but after recovery is how many people will help you afterwards to go over that hump that you're recovering. So now you're just waiting for the transplant. Are you are in a list? How does that work? So um, I'm on the list, but at the same time, my blood type is most, the most common blood type in the world. I'm, I'm type O negative, so everyone else is type O negative. And then whoever they might match, it has to be exact same body type as I am. You know, petite little girl. I was gonna say. Rosa's moment on the set while recording porn. Oh God, Alex, seriously? I can't name the name of, I don't want to name eight names of actors. I was in love, it was in Lebanon mm -hmm. and I was filming in a bombed out building and somebody pulled out oh, somebody's protein shake and it was like gross. And out of where? 
his ass. Um, <laughs> and you had to pretend? Can, uh, you had to continue filming after? Um, we weren't done with the scene. Ooh. So I had to get the guy that was topping the guy to like, like he almost puked. He like almost puked and I had to get him away. I, I like, I had to clean everything up. Um, of course I come always come prepared for anything crazy that would happen, but that was probably the moment that, um, you know, cause it wasn't on a set. It mm-hmm. wasn't say, you know, in a safe area, it was a bombed out building. Anybody could have come around at any time. We had, we shooed some people away earlier that were like parking and getting too close. Um, so <laughs> it wow. was yeah gross and nerve-wracking at the same time what was the hottest that was that one that turned you on the most that you couldn't help it <laughs> through all of my yeah i was i was filming in serbia unfortunately the guy that it was that they were doing the scene together um he's one of them that committed suicide mm-hmm. um but yeah and then they were both attracted to me um but they were both they were attracted to each other at that time i wasn't filming i still hired somebody to film mm-hmm. um so they dragged me in to so it yeah it was hot because they they dragged you in yeah they they didn't drag me into the scene because i told the the camera guy i'm like i'm not in this scene but we stopped filming and played and then went back to their own filming and yeah it was a lot of fun yeah yeah, it was interesting all right been the most difficult thing to adapt to in miami dating Ah, dating. <laughs> yes, dating. Wow. You, now, since I've always lived in Miami, I don't know what would be the difference to date somewhere else. Okay. So tell me your experience of somewhere else and dating in Miami. Sure, sure. Well, I'm from Chicago, so I'm from the Midwest. And so coming from the Midwest, I think we tend to be a little bit more friendlier. Um, I think we tend to be a little bit less status-driven and people kind of want to date they want to get to know you and it's like who are you on the inside and you know what you bring to the table but are you a good person i tend to realize that when you have conversations with people when you're dating in the midwest it's more about who you are as a person in miami what gym do you go to what car do you drive what is your address you know everyone has a list and lists are not bad. I think everyone should have a list, but I noticed here in Miami, the list tends to be a little bit more superficial. And so what I realized here, and again, you know, keeping it totally honest in 100, in order for me to date here, I realized there's some things about me that I have to think about if I want to be successful and hopefully find the right person for me, you know? And, and so but you don't, you don't believe that, that destiny has its way and maybe you're supposed to be single now. I, I would hope so. You don't believe in movies and fairy tales? Uh, well, <laughs> I think you do more than I do. But um, I hope that happens. But I'm also a believer. You know, I do believe in what you put out in the universe will come back to you. I do believe that. I also believe that you must be what you want to attract. And I've always been that person. But coming out of Chicago, the standards were different. And so living down here, I reevaluated my standards. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I just kind of look at some things differently. And so now I'm working at, you know, I've always been a very physically fit person. But here in Miami, you all take it to a brand new place. And so... (laughs) 
oh my god miami i'm sorry yeah you all take it to a brand new place and you know so i have a trainer and you know i don't know it just seems like i don't want to say that people down here are more superficial but i would venture to say that people down here are a lot more visual and you don't think and you don't think it that has to do with the circles you're in well, come on, I come out of the entertainment industry, so I know what, how important it is to be visuals. But what was different for me is that there was a time and place for everything here. It's, you know, on 24-7, 365. That's, that's kind of what the difference is. I'm not intimidated by that because I worked in the entertainment industry for so long. But please ask me my name before you ask me the car that I drive. You know, ask me how am I doing before. Oh my God, I should be meeting the wrong people. Because Apparently. Maybe so. Maybe I'm meeting, maybe you could introduce me to the right people. Give me an experience on a date you went on. I don't know if I could say that. Well, you don't have to say the name. Okay, tell, me, say the name. tell me one experience. Okay, that, that's fine. Um, went to a Thai restaurant. A guy decided to take me to a Thai restaurant. And we were having a really, really nice conversation. And this guy comes up and starts talking to him. And I don't think anything of it. And so everything is going great with dinner and he puts money down and goes out, take care of dinner. Thank you very much. He gets up and leaves and walks out with the other guy. Oh my goodness. Right in front of your face. Right in front of me. So he paid for dinner. Now we drove separate cars. Thank God know. he paid for dinner he at paid least, right? For dinner, right. He paid for dinner. Yeah. That is terrible. It, it is. It is. And that then, is terrible. It is. And then I had another date where, you know, we were watching movies and having coffee or whatever and there's a bang 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 on the door and if it's, it's his ex you know and says oh, we're at his place obviously we're at his okay. place yes we're his, and it's his ex and the ex give him the i'm sorry kind of thing and then i was asked to leave this is like um sex in the city <laughs> yes very much so it's like something that would happen to miranda and the thing about it though is that you know it's not like i don't got my stuff together. I'm about to use appropriate language on this, but <laughs> that's it's got my together. You know, and I mean, I work out and I have a decent body, and you know, I'm telegenic. But yeah, it's not about you. It's about yeah, the person. It's about the person, and and so really, I guess to tie all of this up about dating is that because of those previous experiences, what I decided to do was to date me. Ready. My accident was when I was 16 years old. And I, and I have a problem with my brain, and I get paralysis on my right part of my body. So since then, I'm working alone because any doctor could help me. So you had no help? There was no cure? No help. You had a problem with your brain. Can you explain what that was? Well, I had a huge tumor in my brain that was killing me, the size of an orange. And uh, in Venezuela, they couldn't help me. And my parents took me to Rome. The three most important doctors in the world to help me because I was going to die. That was the prognosis. You know, he's going to die. 16 years old. Okay. When I came, when I was in, 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 my life changed because one day I was in Rome uh, visiting everything. And the next day, when I wake up from the procedure, I couldn't move my right hand, my right leg. It was a shock. So uh, I didn't know that I had a tumor. They always lied to me. They thought it was better to lie to me, but for me it was a trauma. You found out after? Three days after, when I touched my head and I saw that some tubes was going out from my, my Oh my brain. goodness, and nobody told you not to touch your head? 
Well, imagine that you have a piece of scalp the side of your hand that you don't have anymore. And they did put back the scalp because the tumor has the, the roots in the scalp. So you had, um, your head was wide open on the top. It was with, with the with the skin, but I didn't have it because uh, they they have to make a biopsy and to know because, because it was so big and they wanted to know if this was benign or malign. And um, a week after, they saw that was benign, and they opened again to make a reconstruction of my uh, my uh, scalp. So for, it was the second procedure was worst because my body was rejecting that uh, it's a res- resin. The, before me, they used to put uh, something like platinum, aluminum, something like that. And was I was the first one they used a resin, and my and my body was rejecting. It was a nightmare, nightmare. I suffered so much, but was I was I had changes in a spiritual way, in a perception way. I was very, I I was like a they strap uh, 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 something that covered my eyes, and I started to understand things. To see things that nobody see it. So you think you got a gift? Yes, yes, I got a gift, but I was so, so traumatized that I didn't know it at that time. Uh, they opened my scope and I have a, like a piece of like a hand, the size of my hand, but half of my brain uh, uh, open. I don't have out, I, I don't out have in, scope right now. So you don't have scope. So what do you cover your head with? Dressing. Or some kind of plastic resin, something like that, and that was very traumatic, because the uh, after to to know that I have paralysis, then they make this procedure, and then the the body was rejecting all the time the skin, the the skin didn't want it to attach that strange thing, so it was terrible. So I suffered so much, but um, you know. Today I'm I'm not what I am. So you wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for that. It, it wasn't for that. I wanted to be healed, you know. I wanted to move my hand and my leg again, but the doctors they told me no. It should stay like that. At that time, the science didn't discover that the brain changed. The brain changed with our thinking. Didn't want to believe that I was staying like that, and I was fighting along first fighting with depression fighting with because i want i i couldn't at 16 years old all my friends was at the beach or whatever in a party and i was in my house but there i i started to sing to write songs at the beginning i was starting to write poetry and uh and then i one day i started to hear some melody in my brain at the same time that I was writing poetry, and I know, and I saw, I thought at the beginning that was music that I was re- hearing in the radio, but then one day I said, no, but this is not something from the radio, and I started to hear it loudly. At the same time that I was writing the the, the lyrics, I was hearing the music. Explosion that occurred in Beirut, and that is where you're based at. What were you doing when this happened? 
it was around six on a Tuesday afternoon. Um, I was I was napping. Um, my partner was at the gym, and I just remember waking up to this very very loud bang, like nothing I've ever heard before. I mean, I've heard gunshots. I've even heard a lot of explosions in my life living in Beirut. Um, even airplane bombings during war, but this was not something normal. Uh, the house was shaking. There was so many screams and the sound was just, I, I can't even describe how loud it was and how scary it was. I remember I jumped from my bed, I landed on the, on the floor and I was just screaming on the top of my voice because I, I literally thought that the building next door just got demolished or bombed or you know fell down. As, as I rushed to the balcony, I saw um, the huge balcony window, which is of course all glass, it was pulled out of the cement and just fell on the floor, completely shattered. And as I went outside, I was so very scared, panicking. I look and there's glass everywhere uh, on the streets. People are on their balconies. There are people screaming. There's people covered in blood. And, you know, it was like, what should we do? Was this an earthquake? Should we go out to open spaces? Is this a bombing? Should we stay indoor? And as I look up, uh, in front of me, the building in front of me, from behind, I could see this strange big cloud of orange red smoke. And honestly, I was I was even more scared at that moment because I thought that this this was come some kind of like poison bomb or you know a chemical bomb, and we just felt it, and now we're gonna get you know in touch with the fumes. Um, I tried calling my partner, tried calling my parents. Lines were disconnected. Nothing was connecting, but thankfully there was internet and my partner called he was having a breakdown as was everyone else um my parents were fine everyone was physically safe um and i was lucky that most of my friends are physically safe but not our houses not our feelings not our beings it's it's been really something scary and the next day i went down to closer to the seaport and uh, to check out what's what happened to the city and it was one of the saddest things I've ever seen. It was really post-apocalyptic. I went to this hospital and it freaked me out because I get there and the valet is like, you know, coughing and eating with his hands. And then he's like, got some other guy next to him. And you know, the other guy's sick and same thing, no mask, no gloves, nothing, eating with their hands. I mean, even on a normal day, I'm a germphobe, that wouldn't, you know, that wouldn't have been okay. But on this day, of course not. So then I'm like, you know, completely stressed out because my father has advanced dementia. I had to figure out who was going to take care of my dad at the ALF. And that was a whole drama and figuring that out on the way there. And then I get here and there's this, this hospital is like, like crazy. Like there's no protocol. So I, I'm like, excuse me, I can't find a parking space. And he's like, oh, no, you, you need the ballet. And I said, are you sick? And he starts laughing and he's like, go find a space. And he laughed at me. Oh, my goodness. And then I like looked at him and I had already been looking for spaces and I just went full Cuban on him. And I said, let me tell you something. My mother, my elderly mother is in the hospital. She's in the emergency room. You are not getting in my car and you're going to show me a parking space. Anyways, I think he's the one that infected me. The ironic thing about all this is how safe you were being, how you were doing yeah, the social distancing. Yeah, but I, I, had, I had a lot of exposure that week. A lot. A lot of exposure. Okay. And that's when I, see, the, and I'm going through the story because that's when I realized what the real situation was. 
um, that we were completely, our medical system was broken. Wow, those are some incredible stories. I want to thank everybody who has been on the pod uh, and shared their stories. And also, I want to thank the new and old listeners. Uh, thanks for sticking around, and I hope you stick around for Season 5 because we're about to close Season 4 and this amazing two-year anniversary celebration of Pod With Me. I'm going to leave you with a little rap song that I put together uh, from the episode Defeating the Invisible Enemy. Of course, the person giving us all that great advice on how to keep our immune system strong. She is my aunt. And for kicks, I did this rap song for her. I'll see you all in Season 5, and we close it off with Defeating the Invisible Enemy rap. Don't fall off the pod. Wow, this, wow, this is fantastic. Why is this on the evening news? Wow. Yes, 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 what? Wow, I don't know. No, you're doing damage to your liver. You take that title. You're going to teach your glutathione. 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 Don't want to pop those things like this. Wow. You have to drink plenty of water. My body says I have enough vitamin C. What it does with the rest of it, it makes you have loose stools. So, mm-hmm. wow. It's excreted, you can't make it, you gotta take it in a couple of hours of now familiar. It's excreted, you can't make it, you gotta take it in a couple of hours of now familiar. Wow, you're getting the toxins out. Wow. You're getting the you're getting the toxins out. Toxins out. Why are, we, why are we listening to any of these other options? Two hours of deep sleep. I got two hours of mind. Two hours of deep sleep. I got two hours of mind. Vitamin C. Wow. Vitamin C. That's a wrap. Ah, I hope you've enjoyed this episode, but hmm. Did you know that we have our very own app? You can go to your app store now and download Pod With Me. And don't forget to visit us on social media. This is Alex J. Aguiar, and until next time, don't fall off the pod. Credit.